0: Thank you for joining us for the Women Inseparable Value Series, What's Your Why? Here's Jacqueline. This is video four of our What's Your Why? series. We have gone through the chapter of Psalm 118 over these last three videos. We're going to finish uh, Psalm 118 today looking at our fourth why. A lot of what has come across in these videos have been very personal to my heart. I've been sharing um, what my why is. I guess, and I pray that through these series, through these different studies of Psalm 118, that that you are finding your time in the Word of God and seeing what your why is. I'm curious how many of us have noticed that um, different Bible readings produce different whys. Have you noticed that? I have a morning reading program that I do on my YouVersion Bible app, and I'm doing it with a group of girlfriends who are reading through the, the Bible. On this one particular app, I start my morning Listening to my Bible app, knowing that I'm, you know, with, with my girlfriend sprinkled throughout the Treasure Valley here. That's my why. That's me and my girlfriends. That's me and Jesus. That's us gathered together before the throne. And I enjoy it fully. That's a totally different why than the other time that I spend with just me and Jesus. Nobody else is included in that time. I'm in, <laughs> I'm intentionally selfish, with that time. It has nothing to do with, I need food to give to my husband. I need food to give to my son. I need food to give to my, my women, to Bible study. It's me and Jesus, no one else involved. No one else allowed quiet time. That's my why. And then there's, there's this getting ready to teach. There is a totally different why I need to spend time in the word of God. So that when I open up this particular passage with you, I'm ready that my heart's ready. My mind's ready. My soul is ready to go into scripture. So different whys can produce or different studies can produce different whys and different days of the week. I was given a chapter. Um, somebody texted me and the simple text had a Psalm and the reference of the Psalm, nothing else that was the text. There's a solid why somebody texted me the Holy Spirit laid it on this person's heart to send me this passage completely in the middle of the day out of the blue. Why am I reading this Psalm? It was sent to me. Assumingly the Holy Spirit had that set for me at that time. I opened it up and tears overwhelmed my soul. Beautiful. It was a beautiful gift from the Lord. What's your why? Why are you opening up this book? Every time you open it, I pray that you'll ask that question and seek your answer. Today, we're going to look at Psalm 119 and we're going to look at Psalm or verse 173. Psalm 119 verse 173. This is the final poem, the final stanza of Psalm 119. I'm going to read this chunk and I pray that the Lord will speak the truth of this passage to our hearts. Psalm 169 to begin, it says, Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise for you teach me your statutes. You could also say, My lips will pour forth praise for I will learn. What you teach me from your statutes, you are part of the teaching process. You are the student. You are learning. Be intentional in what you learn. 172 says, my tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. He goes on and finishes with, I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you and let your rules help me. I have gone astray, he says, like a lost sheep. Seek me, seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. How many of us can sit with these words and relate This passage, I feel, can speak of each and every one of us in different parts of our life, different seasons of our life. Some of us are crying out these words exactly right now. The one that hit me the most as I was reading through this stanza was 173, where he says, With prayer, with openness and with vulnerability, let your hand be ready to help me. For I have chosen your precepts. There is so much depth, so much sweetness, so much connection to the Spirit of God in these words, in his willingness to accept the hand that he knows is there to help. Ponder that. He's willing to accept the help that the hand of God is promising to give. It's not an empty statement, it's not the Lord, I need your help with this area, and then gone figuring it out by yourself. Have you ever done that? Lord, I need your help with this. I need you to figure out the situation. And then you lay that prayer right there before the throne and you leave it there before the throne, which is good, but you don't really, because you get up and fix the problem on on your own. I got it. Thank you for that. Thank you for letting me have time with you in prayer. Got it. And then you wonder why it didn't work well why you're back at the throne with the same situation, with the same problem, with the same issue, with the same sin, with the same temptation, the same fight, the same whatever you want to put in that blank and trying to figure out, well, I would prayed about this before and I did this and now I'm praying about it again. Maybe because you're praying amiss. You've got the wrong words. This prayer says, let your hand be ready to help me. Take these words personally and turn it into where your action is. If you're asking the Lord for his hand to be ready to help you, then you must be willing to be ready to receive his hand to help you. You need to be willing to receive his help and you need to expect him to do so. How often do we ask questions and we don't expect him to answer them? Have we ever done that? Lord, I've got something big. I've got this request, I need your help. And then what? Do you expect the bigness of your God to fix the bigness of your problem? It's a good thing to evaluate. According to the Psalm, according to the heart of this cry, the answer to this is yes. Yes, I'm open to receive your help. Yes, I know your hand is big enough to help. Yes, I'm willing to sit here and wait because I know I know you're going to, and I, my job is to sit here and anticipate it and expect it. And when it comes, my hands are open and I'm going to receive your help. There's another issue that we put in the way of our prayer life. We want God to help us. We say we want God to help us. We cry to God for help us. And then he comes in to help us and we're like, nah, I'm not worthy to receive your help. I'm not ready to receive your help. I know I said, I need your help, but it's too much. I'm not used to receiving the help from God. It's a training. It really is a training. When God helps us, it's a shock. Do you remember the first time you received an answer from God and God's like, I'm helping you with this. And you recognize that God was helping you with this particular conversation or relationship or sin issue. He helped you and you noticed his presence in your life. That's a training, that's a learning curve in our human instinct to allow somebody to help us. Some of us receive help quicker than others. I'm the baby of a family. I receive help very quickly. I were just talking about this before the video. I can sit all day long knowing that things need to be done. If I don't do it, somebody else will. Oftentimes, her name was Sherilyn, my oldest sister. She'd get all this stuff done all the time it was wonderful I can receive help well but there are some areas in my life that I'll ask God for help and I had to learn how to receive his help when it comes to trust I had to learn to receive his help when it came to not putting somebody else's behavior ill behavior on somebody who is a good person I had to learn to receive God's help in differentiating that. Does that make sense? I got married at 23 and it took me 10 years to fully trust my husband that he wasn't going to leave me. I had to trust God. I had to receive help from God to take away the sin of those that I knew that I was learned from and not put that on my husband. My husband never left me. He was never going to leave me. He promised me that before God and he declared that. I had to trust that. I sat here and I told God, I need your help in this. And it took me years for me to grab his hand on that and learn that. Sometimes God teaches us a lesson and we're not going to get it the first time. We're not. But he's going to teach us again and we're going to get it a little bit more. And then he's going to teach us again we're going to get it a little bit more. You need to trust the hand of God and hold it. Don't let go. You might start by holding just this pinky. Isn't that a toddler way? The toddler holds your pinky and he holds it with all of his might as you cross the street. When his hand gets bigger and can hold more of your fingers, isn't it just the same way we do with God? You say, my hand's not big enough to hold the hand of God. It never will be. His hand is so grand. It's so big. But we can hold his pinky and say, God, this is as much faith as I have right now. And God says, good, don't let go. Don't let go because I will never let go. Trust the hand of God. The psalmist says, let your hand be ready to help me for I have chosen your precepts. His precepts are written within this tangible book of God. And he says, I am going to choose this. I'm going to choose this as I wait for your hand to help me. I'm ready to receive your help. And I know you're ready to give me your help. And until that moment connects, I'm going to choose this. And I'm not going to walk away from this. I'm going to choose this. I'm going to live in this. I'm going to breathe this. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to hunger after this. I'm going to thirst after this. I'm going to take this with me everywhere I go. Whenever I speak, this is going to come out of my mouth. Whenever I hear things, it's going to be about the word of God. I'm going to sing the word of God. I'm going to expect the word of God to prove faithful in my life. Ready, go. And while you wait you choose this over and over and over. the psalmist good? It's not a good why. Why are you sitting in the word of God? Because I'm ready for the word of, I'm ready for the hand of God to help me. And until it helps me, I'm going to choose this always. I'm not going to let go. As a closing personal challenge, I like personal challenges. They're not required. They are not homework. You have no one to report this to unless you want to share it with a friend. If you want to email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com, we'll always receive emails. These are a joy to our hearts. But when it comes to personal challenges, that's between you and and God. That's your desire. Again, no rules. John chapter 1. John chapter 1 is my personal Challenge for you and the conclusion of the what's your why If you're having a hard time figuring out what your why is when it comes to the Word of God Can I just read a couple of verses in closing? And my request for you is that you'll get these passages not here not reading it with me But after this video is over after you push stop and you're spending time with the Lord will you? consider opening up John chapter 1 And if your health allows, get on your knees before God with John chapter one, open. And see who Jesus is, see what the word of God is and see how that's connected. What's your why, according to John chapter one. These are the words. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made In him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in his darkness and the darkness has not overcome it there was a man sent from god whose name was john john came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him john was not the light But he came to bear witness about the light, the true light. Verse nine says the true light. What is the word of God? Who is Jesus Christ? Look at verse nine says the true light, which gives light to everyone. Sweet friend, put your name in this, the true light, which gives light to you. What's your why? Why are you reading the Bible? Because the true light, which gives light to you, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world, the world didn't know him. He came to his very own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all, but to you who did receive him, to you who believed in his name, in the very name of Jesus Christ, to you, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, not of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is your story. This is Jesus's story in you. Verse 14, it says in the word became flesh and the word dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only son from the father, a glory that is full of grace that is full of truth. My personal challenge request for you is that you spend time in the power and the beauty and the description of Jesus Christ as the very word of God, lay the word of God in prayer before your God and say, I need my why. I need my why. And may the why be the very name of Jesus Christ. Are you falling in love with Jesus as you read the Word of God? That's the ultimate question. That's the ultimate purpose of reading anything in this book is to fall in love with your Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the conclusion of our four-part series of Open Scripture of What's Your Why? Our next four-part series is going to be titled, Proclaim Jesus. This is what we do as Women Inseparable. We proclaim the name of Jesus. In the next series, we'll open up our scripture and learn what does that look like. We're so glad you joined us today. If you need prayer or simply have questions, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.